History Notes. Welcome to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. History Notes reports on the people, places, monuments, and events that have shaped our society. Sometimes we examine what has occurred long ago, and at times we look at history happening now. Grab a pad, a pen, or a digital device and get engaged with History Notes. Good day, audience, and welcome to the latest edition of History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. Check out our History Notes at greensborohistory.org or wherever you get your podcasts. From discussing things, events, people, or places long ago to history happening now, History Notes is your place to go, which brings us to today's guest. Though she's traveled as a child of the military family, she calls Pine Top, North Carolina, her home. She received an undergraduate degree. She's a Gator from the University of Florida and uh, a master's in nearby UNC Greensboro, and even a short stint here at the Greensboro History Museum. I'm not sure if it was an intern or or a job. I'll ask her about that later. And she also worked in uh, the Windy City in Chicago and at the James Polk State Historic Site in Pineville, North Carolina. But now, since uh, 2017, she's been working with the North Carolina African American Heritage Commission And uh, right now, she's the director of the NCAAHC. She and I have one thing in common. Uh, I took my job uh, looking to um, connect marginalized, undervalued, underrepresented communities, and uh, which I read is a a mission of yours uh, to bring them to museum spaces. And so we happily welcome director of the NCAAHC, Angela Thorpe. Angela, thank you for joining us on today's edition of History Notes. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, no. On this end, it's an honor. It's an <laughs> honor. A lot of great work. You know, I had not known of your organization until a colleague of mine told me, so you need to reach out. And um, then when I was mentioning to a, uh, this was a colleague outside of the Greensboro History Museum, then I was mm-hmm. mentioning it to uh, someone that works at the GHM. Uh, she said, oh, you, we know the director. She used to work here. Now, did you intern or work there? So I started out as an intern. Um, I was I had the B. Craighead Davidson internship Mm -hmm. when I was a graduate student at UNC Greensboro. And so my work um, was under Don Zachman, who's Mm -hmm. curator um, at at GHM, um, had a huge impact just on my life and my career. And he and I worked originally to do uh, an oral history project of the Warnersville community. And that work kind Great of work. grew yeah. and mm-hmm. ballooned uh, into helping to develop an exhibit about the community at GHM. Great work. And people are still, it was before my, you predate me, but um, it's, uh, people are still talking about that Warnersville exhibit. Matter of fact, we have an exhibit now that's gotten some national acclaim called Pieces of Now. Uh, it was in response to the, after the death of George Floyd and the demonstrations that took place in Greensboro. And one of the protest organizers, who's also an artist, uh, who's been very instrumental in helping us build uh, pieces of now. She's a product of Warnersville. She mentions that wow. in an interview that we did and kind of connects the two. So if you haven't, yeah. come by and check it out. And um, uh, you can see some of your work kind of derived from Warnersville. Um, so <laughs> now, like I said, I wasn't aware until about a year or a little over a year ago about the North Carolina African American Heritage Commission. So for those that are like, like Rodney, tell us, what is NCAAHC? Yeah, so I'll start first um, with our mission. So our mission is to preserve, promote, and protect North Carolina's African-American history, arts, and culture for all people. Um, Now, that's a big job, right? That's a big mission. And so 
Um, our work shows up in a couple of different ways. First and foremost, we like to call ourselves a web to folks that we call African-American heritage practitioners. That is people like you and me, Rodney, who are Black people in the public heritage field. We work to create professional development opportunities. We work to connect people and to connect institutions so that work can be stronger and better across the state around African-American history and culture. We also work to um, design and produce different, what I like to call experiences for people around African-American history, arts, and culture. So that could mean traveling exhibits or webinar series or um, digital exhibits, community programs. Again, all about the African-American experience in North Carolina. So again, those are two of the primary ways that our work shows up across the state. Okay. So you, you explain the mission. Let me ask you this, and I'm kind of dipping into another question. Um, in teaching, I, 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 in a, a question I had set up later, yeah. uh, and I'm working on a dissertation about this very topic, but it's 1.9%, less than 2% African-American male teachers. Um, so in the museum field, I imagine it's comparable, if not much better. Uh, so has it been mm -hmm. difficult doing that work uh, with limited representation? You know, yes. And no. So in North Carolina, we see a couple of different things, right? We see people in this field, both male and female, who who are established, right? Mm -hmm. So um, they might be Black people who are running cultural institutions or grassroots history and heritage groups. Um, but again, they they make up a lot of the people who do this work in our state. We're also seeing uh, a growing number of what I would call emerging professionals. So that's people like me who've come through these like public history uh, and museum studies programs that are seeking to be professionals in the field. That's actually where I see a bigger gap and where we are trying to do uh, quite a bit of work. Ultimately, my hope is that one, uh, these Professional programs in the state will help to develop and train more Black people to do public heritage work in the state. And two, those people who are then graduating from those programs will then uh, enter into jobs in our state, right? So um, I think it's really critical for Black people who tell stories, especially Black stories. And again, trying to create a pathway for young people especially to do that. So um, have been chipping away mm -hmm. at some of that pathway building work for the last few years, frankly, since I joined the commission um, and currently I'm working really closely with UNCG's Museum Studies Program and North Carolina Central University's Public History Program um, to essentially create a pilot to do exactly what I explained over the next three or so years. So okay. that that work around putting more young Black people into public heritage in the state will become further institutionalized over the next few years to, to fill that gap that, that you called out. Right. And I'm going to give a plug to UNCG's program. I've worked in radio mm -hmm. and I worked as a teacher and I've, I've always worked with interns and I've worked with... Uh, 
the Gail Fripp or uh, scholarship provides interns from UNCG's program. Best interns I've ever had came from UNCG. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to approach them soon. We want to revamp our African-American tour, both in person and digital, virtually. And so uh, I'm going to approach them about taking that project on. But that's a, a sidebar. But if you if you go on aahc.nc.gov for the first time, or if you attend a program, which you got one coming up tomorrow, for the first time, what can someone expect to see? What can they expect to feel? What could they have expected to see and feel before COVID and now? Yeah, so um, let's let's just start with a baseline. So one of the first things that you're going to see are a couple of different resources. So you're going to see a couple of maps. Um, those maps include uh, African American heritage institutions across state. This could be. Um, again, a, a large museum or a small cultural center or an art gallery. Those are maps on our website. You'll see a map of underground railroad um, sites and hotspots from across the state. You'll find resources for educators or people who are um, educating from home. So a number of different resources. Um, you'll see links to some of our initiatives, uh, like the North Carolina Green Book Project, mm-hmm. or our Freedom Roads Trail Program, or even our North Carolina Civil Rights Trail. And then third, you will see events. And before COVID, we had um, events all across the state and communities across the state. This could be community meetings. This could be talks or lectures that we were giving. Now we've pivoted to virtual. And so primarily what you'll see, again, are virtual programs like our Black History Month read-in or our CARES um, professional development webinar series. So those are some of the things people would see on our website. Now, when you were in person, were you traveling to these periodically? Would you travel? Okay. Yes. So it won periodically, Rodney. It was all the time. So (laughs) that is one of the things that has shifted. You get paid mileage, right? They give you mileage, don't they? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, we had mileage, but I mean, we were on the road uh, most of the time. I would say two to three days a week, Black History Month, probably almost every Mm -hmm. day. You know, about 60, 70% of my work was on the road. So that has been a huge shift since COVID hit. All right, let me throw a curveball at you before we go to break. Um, Was there ever a program that you worked on and had to travel some distance to see? And you were disappointed, like either with the turnout or how it came about. You don't have to name which one, but how did you handle it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah, that's happened before. You know, there's been a couple of programs that we put a lot of work into, you know, expected 50 to 100 people and 15 have showed up. Um, And while it's disappointing, we still look at it as an opportunity to connect with people as much as we do. Um, the commission is still not as amplified as we could be across the state, right? And so even in those moments where just 15 people show up, we see that as an opportunity to talk to people, to get to know people, and to help spread the word further. So it's disappointing, but we we find ways to find a silver lining on it. For us, it's, again, amplifying our our mission and, and networking, essentially. Yeah. Sound like we cut from the same cloth. I've had to find that yeah. silver lining myself quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> I did my first webinar and had 300 people attend. And I thought that was the norm. <laughs> About a month later, it was 15. I was like, so they right. set me up. They set me up. Like, 
But we're talking with uh, director of the North Carolina African American Heritage Commission, uh, Angela Thorpe from Pine Top, North Carolina, uh, a product of a military family. Uh, Air Force? Okay. Air Force, yes. Yeah. So Force my, my father was born and raised in, in Pine Tops, and uh, I was raised elsewhere because of the military, but I, I claim my roots there. Understood. So with the military and the educational institutions and all the different places you've been, when we come back, I want to ask you, what part or parts of you um, will we see in in the commission? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll come back Great. here on History Notes uh, with Rodney Dawson. And we'll return momentarily. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. To learn more about this podcast and many more, visit our website at www.greensborohistory.org. Now let's listen in to History Notes. Welcome back to History Notes. I'm Rodney Dawson, Curator of Education at the Greensboro History Museum. As a former teacher, we created this uh, podcast to, I used to hate to do lesson plans, so we created this to uh, help supplement or build a lesson plan around. So I hope folks are using it in that capacity. And we've since found out that it's not just an educational community that's that's listening, but uh, folks from just lifelong learners. And so that's good. And uh, we appreciate you for, for supporting us and tuning in. But We've reached out to uh, to our capital city, Raleigh, and uh, we've gotten the director of the North Carolina African-American Heritage Commission, or NCAAHC. Uh, you can also check them out online. I'm trying to find out where I put it, aahc.nc.gov, and learn about the wonderful work they have done. The director is here, Angela Thorpe, who uh, told us that she uh, used to work at the intern at the uh, Greensboro History Museum uh, when she was in school in master's program at UNC Greensboro. And she was a large part, I've been told, by you and, and folks at the museum. You played an instrumental mm-hmm. role in the Warnersville exhibit that people are still talking about today. But you're a product of a military family. Your father was in the Air Force. You went to school in Florida. You came back closer to home with the school at uh, in Greensboro at UNCG, worked in Chicago, worked in Pineville, and now you're in Raleigh. So with all these different demographics that you come across and all these different places you've been to, big cities, rural America, um, you got a lot of dynamics going on. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to know what part or parts of you uh, do you recognize or do you see implanted in your work at the commission? Yeah, I would say based on what you you just framed, uh, I think it's my adaptability, really, and um, ability uh, to connect with just about anyone. I'm generally not shy. Um, I think on one hand that is required of military kids, right? Because in many cases, or at least in my case, you're moving every three to four years, which means you're being sort of plopped into a new community, a new school, have to make friends all over again. Um, and so with that, I'm just not shy with people and I'm able to connect with a lot of different people. Um Building on that a little more, my parents were incredible um, around like every single break we had. They took us on a different, what I would call, cultural excursion. So, for example, uh, we lived in England for three years. And so every break we'd go to a different place, right? Whether um, that was a different part of England, whether that was France, whether that was Germany. And so I was always inspired and energized by people who were different, cultures who were different, uh, stories and histories that were different. Um, And so I think that is part of what shaped 
what I do and part of what energizes my work. I just think it's really important to emphasize Mm -hmm. different and to amplify stories that are different and marginalized. And again, that that pushes me to shape a, a lot of the work that I currently do with the commission. Have there been any directors in the past that maybe you worked under, like understudy, that have influenced um, or encouraged you to change the direction of it? Tell me a little bit about the history of the leadership there. Absolutely. So the commission was established in 2008, uh, and it was established under uh, the founding executive director of the commission, Michelle Lanier. So I'm only the second director. Um, Again, Michelle led the commission from 20. 2008, excuse me, to 2018. She's currently the first Black woman director of the North Carolina Division of State Historic Sites and Properties. So another historic role. Michelle hired me in 2017 as her associate director. And so it was incredible to work under her, um, to watch what she did, to watch how she grew this organization, to watch how she connected to people. Um, And I'll never forget, one of the earliest things she taught me was to have kindness is a value. That is something that I've never forgotten and something that I hold fast to today. So um, Kindness is a value? Yes. Mm -hmm. the, The value of kindness plays a huge role in anchoring my work. Um, and I'm grateful to still have her as a sister colleague. We're still close, um, still talk almost every day, um, which is something else that's incredible. She's just um, a spirit that believes in relationship. I think I've met her once. I think I'm, if it's the, I believe I met her at an AAM convention in New Orleans. Probably. Yeah. Um, it, yeah and that, that's something that um, was really amazing to me about meeting her for the first time. She's somebody that I had studied in graduate school Mm. and seen and watched, but um, to actually be in relationship with her um, and understand how she's able to connect with so many people because she is warm, because she is kind, she does leave Mm. that type of impression on people. All right. So with your staff and with the vision, how how do you take that and move it forward? Yeah. So um, Michelle built the foundation for the commission. So I think of the commission as like a house, right? Michelle built the foundation for the commission. So people know of the commission largely because of Michelle. It's her relationships that helped amplify our work across the state. Some of the projects that we're known for, like the North Carolina Green Book Project, she secured funding for it. And so again, she built the foundation of the commission I see myself as building the frame, if you will. Um, I am advocating to grow our staff. Um, If you can imagine from 2008 to 2017, being a staff of one, then adding me and then adding someone else. Um, I'm hoping to continue to add more staff. Um, I am working to expand our programming across Mm -hmm. the state. This is really the first stage in the commission's history where we've been producing a lot of programming. And then finally, I see um, as part of my big work to grow our relationships across the nation. And so 
we have a really strong relationship with the National Trust for Historic Preservation, where we're working to help preserve Nina Simone's birthplace. Mm. We have a growing relationship with the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, and their resources are helping some of our practitioners across the state. So I'm really trying to tap into national networks to help people do the work here in North Carolina. Gotcha. Now, how closely do you work with the governor's office? Yeah, so um, I'm in relationship with the governor's office, and we work pretty closely with them every year around Black History Month. And so normally the Black History Month programming that you see coming out of the commission, every year um, we're, we're partnering with the governor's office on at least a piece of that. All right. Now, when you, mm-hmm. how do you come about finding Nina Simone's birthplace, uh, John Coltrane's house in High Point, North Carolina? How do you learn of African-American cultural sites or items that need to be preserved? Yeah, that's a good question. And I actually forgot to mention this at the top of the podcast, but when I was talking about what we do, a large part of what we do is um, providing something that we call technical assistance. So helping people save Black history. Mm -hmm. And so to answer the question that you uh, just asked, I don't know everything. I can't hold everything. And so we rely on other people to tell us what's out there. And so oftentimes what happens is that people put things on my radar, right? Mm -hmm. Someone might email me an article, somebody might call my cell phone, um, somebody might send uh, an email to our general inbox that says, hey, help me preserve this space or help me preserve this object. Again, we rely on the community to tell us about these sacred spaces so that we can then use our skills, our resources, and our network to respond. Okay. Well, you know, we're coming to the end. I'm going to throw one more question at you, and I'm going to let you uh, finish your day. Um, you seem to have a great passion for the NCAAHC. So what's on the horizon? Uh, what do you see forthcoming, and uh, how can we learn more? Yeah, so there are a couple of things on the horizon. First and foremost, we are in a phase where we're growing a project called Africa to Carolina. Um, that is our work to document the sites in the state where enslaved people disembarked from uh, the African continent directly. And so that work is going to include some community meetings, an exhibit, and a new website. And so that's one of the biggest things that is on the horizon. We're looking to do more professional development for Black people who are in the arts, uh, cultural, and public heritage fields in North Carolina. And so some more webinar series will be available for people in the future. Um, I would say the final thing that we are working on that's on the horizon that is most exciting to me is our North Carolina Civil Rights Trail. We launched this trail in the summer um, with Visit North Carolina and the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. And we are inviting people from across the state to apply for markers to mark a civil rights site or an event that, again, we do not know about. So those Mm -hmm. applications will open again in March of 2021. And we are hoping that people will tell us what are some sites that need to be physically marked and documented. And so those are three big things that are on the horizon for us. Those are three major things. So they can go on, in case you broke up a little bit, aahc.nc.gov and look for it in March. 
and you can list yeah. some sites. Now, can I can yeah. I put some sites down too? You can. You right. certainly can apply. Yes, please. Uh, if I'm expecting you to. Okay. <laughs> it, it won't be my grandmother's house or nothing like that. Like, she cooked the best chicken. I think it needs to be on there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm thinking of a couple to mine. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I, I really thank you. Um, I think it's a wonderful organization. I'm great. It was Dr. Michelle Lucas. She's the one that told me, hey, Rodney, you should, you should check them out. And so I'm glad she did. And it's good to know about the work you do. Uh, I'm also... Um, found out there's a similar commission for the other uh, Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm on a committee and she, the person I'm on a committee with, she's on the North Carolina, I forget the acronym, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's dealing with uh, uh, the Jewish faith. Uh, so That's it's just, awesome. yeah. So it's a lot out there that people don't know. And you've came and you, you come here and you've informed us. And so we thank you. Um, and we appreciate you being a guest here on history notes. Absolutely. Right. Well, thanks for having me. Rodney. Thank you. So thank you for joining us on this edition of History Notes. We want to thank Angela Thorpe, director of the North Carolina African-American Heritage Commission. Also, uh, Brody's running the, the uh, machinery back there, the technology, making sure we're heard clearly and that we're effective in whom we reach. And so we want to thank him for that as well. So tune in next time. Uh, we look forward to talking to you on another edition of History Notes. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. Just as you visited for this podcast, continue to go to www.greensborohistory.org and select the Discover and Learn tab to listen again or learn more about many other subjects. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please stop by the museum when you can. We're located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. Hours vary, so visit our website or call 336-373-2043 for details. Once again, thank you, and keep tuning in to History Notes.